think that to stay in the continuity of the Holy Ghost. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 19, please. There's a saying Ron Bally used to have, blessed are the flexible, for they will not snap. <laughs> In Acts chapter 19, because the Holy Spirit really has his finger on that today for this house, but it's also available for those who are not attending today for whatever reasons, you know, regardless. But it's going to be available on the internet, and they can hear what God is saying to us. Amen? It's, it's just precious. I'm going to start with verse 11. <laughs> well, let's start with just Acts 19. I'm going to go through this pretty quickly. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, now this is a good verse for you, because you're going to meet people that are born again and yet have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is a good reference to show them that there are different experiences you have in the Lord Jesus and as a Christian. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus in water. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Amen? So just look at that. They laid hands on them, and they, what was the immediate response or occurrence unfolding of the Holy Spirit's work in their life? They began to speak in other tongues and prophesy. Hallelujah. Amen? So, well, does everybody, and it was interesting on the, this midweek, part of the teaching that a couple of these women had had, you know, is that what, not everybody has tongues because when you read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, you look through the different things. They don't see that the, they, they, a lot, and listen, there's a lot of congregations and pastors, ministers that teach along these lines. Well, tongues aren't for everybody. You know, some people get it. That's in the Bible. But, you know, and because they use Corinthians 14, do all prophesy? No. Do all speak in tongues? No. And that is not the gift of tongues or the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is one of the nine operations of the gifts of the Spirit, diverse tongues and the interpretation of it. Amen? So people can take things out of context. They can be very sincere. But you can take this to the bank. You get somebody born again, and as you, I want to say not if, as you this year and this transitional year of your light shining brighter than it ever did before in your experience, as faith increases in each one of our hearts to be doers of the work of God. I, I said doers of the work. Amen? Because the Word's in us. That we can immediately, because you are anointed, and Caroline covered that in the forum, in John 2, 1 John 2, 20 and 27, you have an anointing from the Holy One, amen, who abides in you, and you have no need of a man to teach you regarding how the Holy Spirit's operating through you on your daily basis. I mean, the Word of God has to be preached. It doesn't mean you don't need teachers in your life. Amen? But as you're living out the Christian walk, that your intimacy with God is so in tune and so wonderful that you are one of those Romans 8, 14 folk who are being led by the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? And ready, willing, and able to bless somebody anytime, everywhere. And if you lead them to the Lord, you say, now there's another thing that God wants to happen here. I'm going to lay hands on you. And Jesus is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, and you're going to receive a gift of tongues. Amen? The speaking in other tongues, a heavenly language, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Amen? Boom. Because when somebody gets saved, man, their faith is like, whoo. I mean, they just come alive. I mean, give them the whole deal. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Faith it. 
In verse 6, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. Excuse me. Verse 10. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Amen? Now look at verse 11. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. And here's some, listen, some of the miracles that he worked that were unusual are following right now. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. So, I'll just do it this way. It wouldn't be easier. If, what was it about the anointing? And what is it about the anointing that so fills uh, one of God's saints that it literally is not only housed on the inside, that it's tangible and can be touched or experienced on the, our outside, the outside of us? Amen? People were healed, received miracles by the shadow of Peter. Now, I want to ask you a question. Can a shadow heal? That was a good question. Come on, everybody. Can a shadow heal? No, but the anointing can, can it? Amen. So this is what happened. And we've done it here on occasion as we feel prompted by the Holy Ghost to do it. Amen. What do we do? That the anointing, we take cloths or whatever else and handkerchiefs, just pretend like it's a cloth or a handkerchief in the name of Jesus. We've... They, they, and it doesn't say that he literally prayed about it. They were taken from him because the anointing that was in him exuded out of him. And it had touched everything that he had. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Oh. Yeah, the handkerchiefs were taken from the body of Paul, from the tissue box of Ray. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. Oh, my goodness gracious. Are you kidding me? This is the word of God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to get the imagery here, if you don't mind. Hallelujah. I'm going to get one, too. Amen. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Somebody. Nick, would you run these back to... No, I'm going to do it. They are taken from the body of Ray. Coming to you. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness gracious. Somebody going to get healed. Somebody going to get delivered. Devils are going to leave somebody. Now, listen. This is what exactly what the Word says. Some unusual miracles were by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them. And evil spirits went out of them. Go ahead, babe. Uh, Could you put it up in the Amplified page, please? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that it? Okay. So that even handkerchiefs or face towels or aprons that had touched his skin were brought to the sick, had touched his skin. Yeah. And their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. Onto the, to the item. 
understood who he was because of whose he was. And that's what we need, a revelation of who we are because of whose we are. That, listen, yes, the, the, I'm going to say it this way. And I, I don't know how I've asked the Lord constantly for more scriptural reference to help the body of Christ understand and comprehend how anointed you really are. Go to Psalm 133 a second. Hold your place in Acts. Psalm 133. And if we could just get this, we can't help noticing each other in our human form. But when you start to understand the anointing of the Holy, Holy Spirit, who he is, you know, lives so wonderfully inside each one of us. But the Lord anoints, as I said in Ephesians 4.11, those fivefold offices they're called to help equip the church, to mature the church. Amen? And empower them and release them to do the work of the ministry. But in Psalm 133, I want you to look at something here. And this is what happens when fivefold offices are involved in our life. Okay? Psalm 133. Look what this David says. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen? Now, look at, look at the blessing is. It, yeah, it's like the precious oil. Now I want you to see the imagery here. Upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garment. So you have to understand when he was anointed as priest of God, the high priest, there was a consecration service. And the oil was poured on his head. It can't, look here. Oh, God. The oil was poured on his head, down the beard, onto the body. Amen. Are you with me? You have to get the imagery. The oil came down, came down his beard. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Hallelujah. That's okay. It'll dry. Amen. I'm glad it's not oil at, the, at this moment. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But I want you to see something. That's what he's talking about, the unity. It's like the oil that comes down for the blessing of the whole body. Amen? So watch this. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commands the blessing life forevermore. When you come to church... And there's the pastoral office, one of those fivefold gifts. The, it's not working. You can't hear me. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Okay. So that wow, glory, thank you. The anointing comes down. When you come into church, regardless of what office that God blesses and has stand up here to help be a blessing and speak into our lives and bring the word of the Lord for that moment, amen, and for, and for the future, it's for the now and the future, sometimes the gifts of the Spirit are to help correct things from the past. But the anointing of a pastor comes down from God on the vessel and it comes out on the body. So what happens by association? No, you're not called to be a pastor. But all of a sudden, Christ in you, the hope of glory and the anointing, you begin to nurture and do those things that are connected to and associated with pastoral office. Because the anointing came down on the head, on the beard, and onto the, say it, body. Are you with me? You with me? What happens then? The Lord commands a blessing and there's life forevermore. All of a sudden, you're around your family or workplace environment, and all of a sudden, God's getting your attention to something, and you actually begin to minister in a kind of like pastoral way. Are you with me? 
And that person's impacted by the anointing of a pastor by association through you. Now, if you understand that, it's like, man, I'm going to have faith for this thing. Hallelujah. Now, if an apostle is standing in the pulpit, and whether it be male or female, or a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor or teacher, that anointing that comes upon the head of, in that office, Christ's gift, comes out here and splashes onto the body. Then all of a sudden, you start to have a little bit of a, you start connecting to God's heart as, an, as in the apostolic with a greater picture. It's not just me, myself, us four, no more. You all of a sudden have a heart for your community. All of a sudden, you start having a greater heart for the nations. Are you with me? Because you're connecting with that office. And if it's a prophet's office, that doesn't make us an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, but all of a sudden, because of the anointing and the grace of God coming down on the body, all of a sudden, what God begins to do through you has those kinds of glimpses or touchings in people's lives. Huh? It's not working right? Yeah, well, this baby's got some miles on it. Should I just switch it? We all another 10 minutes? Now you're going to get the spit. Ah! Shika. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Let's go back to the book of Acts. Now, do you all get that and understand that? So that's the wonder part of the stuff that's never rarely communicated in congregations or to the body. That a lot of people get confused because the gifts of the Spirit begin to move in their vessel. And if they're revelatory gifts, well, I must be a prophet. No, you a Christian. Amen. You a plugged in Christian. Hallelujah. Now, it doesn't mean you couldn't be or God didn't call you. But we should be flowing in all the nine gifts of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, covet them, long for them. And like Carol in her innocence, as a young Christian, when she read it in the book, she said, God, could I have them? I understand they're not for me. They're for people. Amen. Amen. And then when she went out to Kmart, and all of a sudden she's pushing the cart, and there's a woman there, and the Lord says, tell her she's going to get pregnant. She's going to conceive. And Carol's like minding her business, but she's hungry. Say hungry. And she's pushing the cart, and all of a sudden, you know, God gets her attention, and the Holy Spirit says, go tell her she will conceive. She's just thought, okay. So I just walked over there because I was talking to Jesus every day. And I got to know his voice and I was in his I was in his word every day. I saw that how he was always reaching out to mankind. But I I didn't know anything about what is the word of knowledge, what is a word of wisdom. We weren't taught that. So I didn't know what it looked like, sounded like, but something bore witness inside of me because the Holy Spirit was teaching me that the nine gifts, yeah. I, there was something about those nine gifts that I said, Lord, could I have all those gifts? And I said, I know they're not for me. I, I knew they were for people. And I was just filling up with tears about it. And that was it. Didn't understand nothing about those gifts. So, what happened? so when I went to Kmart, I just, um, when the Lord spoke that to me, he said, go tell her. She was folding um, shirts and, you know. And so he said, go tell her she'll conceive a child, a baby. And so I walked over to her, and I said, excuse me. I said, um, can, um, she said, can I help you? Do you need something? And, like, to help me point me somewhere or something. I said, no, no, no. I said, can I just tell you that? Um, I said, see, I gave my life to Jesus, and I'm born again. And I asked Jesus to come inside of me, so he talks to me inside. And I just said in a very childlike way. I wasn't scared. I wasn't, I didn't even question if it was God's voice or anything. I just said, um, he told me to tell you that you're, that you would conceive a child and have a child. You would conceive and have a, ba- have a child. And I looked at her 
and she looked at me and she filled up with tears. And then I went, <gasps> like, <gasps> wait, are you married? And she said, yes. And I went, oh, okay. And so this is my first experience stepping out in the gifts that we weren't even taught about, didn't even know about it. It was just the hunger that I kept increasing in the word because I saw Jesus in the word. And so anyway, she just told me, she said, yes, I am. And my husband's in the reserves. And he just flew out for, um, for for duty. And he, she said, while he's gone, I was going to a doctor to get checked because we've been trying to have a, child, a baby and we haven't been able to conceive. And here the Lord said she would conceive. Hallelujah. What did that word do from a complete stranger? Phew, glory to God. God loves me. Amen. I'm going to get pregnant. What did she begin to say? I'm going to conceive. God said, I'm going to conceive. I mean, we don't have a record of that, but what? Amen. The delight yourself in the Lord and the Lord will what? Give you the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. Back to Acts. We'll get this done. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Super Bowl. (laughs) I could care less. Amen. Amen. What? 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 The Eagles aren't playing. Yeah, so whatever. Neither is that other team from the South. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where am I? So unusual miracles that well, evil spirits went out of them. Look at verse 13. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Come out. Yeah, that's not in there, but, yeah, we exercise you. That's the thing they're hopeful of because Paul was doing it. And the evil spirit answered and said, you know you're in trouble when the devil looks at you through that human agent and says, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who in hell are you? I didn't say, who the hell are you? Who in hell are you? The name of Jesus was known in hell. The name of Paul was known in hell. These guys' names weren't on the book. Are you with me? So the devil is just saying, who in hell are you? And look what he does. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on, was rather leaped on them, overpowered them and prevailed against them, so they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Now, that's a mean motor scooter. Amen? That's not natural power. That's not natural power. Look, at the, look back here. Some of the itinerant Jewish, uh, Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves. We adjure you. Look at this. Seven sons of Sceva. This demon-empowered individual... Tears seven men up to the point, rips their clothes off, kicks their butt, and they go off and running. Amen? Amen? Paul, I know. Jesus is, I know. What did Jesus do? Come out. Come out. Be still. Be quiet. Amen? (laughs) Amen? And those demons obeyed. Say the demons are subject to the anointing. They have to give to the name of Jesus. They have to obey the name of Jesus. That's better yet. Okay. This became noth. Uh, <laughs> noth is a combination of known and both. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, Now, this is the significant part of going home where we're going to close today. Many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all, and they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Amen? That's a whole lot of cash. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. 
those who were involved in witchcraft and different arts of the supernatural who had believed brought all the valuable, all the materials of great worth and value and investment. Are you with me? So when you're doing house cleaning, I don't care what the, it doesn't, I'm, I'm going to say, I don't, personally, I don't give a rip how much it's worth. But do you think God really cares what we may have spent for something that could be an opening or a create a portal for a familiar spirit to be operating in our home? Are you with me? I don't, it doesn't matter. Listen, if you bought stuff for your kids and listen, the Lord got our attention to it about different things, you know, with our kids as we are growing up. If they're associated with new age or those little creatures or those toys are associated with demonic things of demonic nature. Because Carol, this, this was so amazing. Let me just, this is real. Say this is real. When Dungeons and Dragons was huge and very becoming more and more popular to the degree that kids playing the game began to kill their playmates because the beings that were involved in the game literally started to appear to them and give them instruction to kill the person they're playing with. And they would have a higher rank in in the Dungeons and Dragons protocol. It happened. The kids weren't on drugs hallucinating. Demons began to appear. Are you all here? We went shopping for toys. First of all, Carol Carol and Carrie were, right? Well, tell that story, and then we're going to pray and close, honey. Tell that story. Because to me, this is outstanding. And yet, are you kidding me? Um, It started back um, when I was in, in prayer and intercession um, and it wasn't for Dungeons and Dragons or anything. It started way back and I, God gave me a vision and he showed me, um, first of all, the Lord started to speak to me about how judgment would come to America. And he told me that judgment, I, we would see judgment come to America and would start from the coastland and work its way in. And I knew it wasn't then. I knew it was years, years ahead. But he, but then he showed me this. He showed me a, um, a in prayer. In prayer, it was it was a vision. He showed me a on the east coast. Here was the east coast, and there was this from Florida all the way up to the New England states. There was this big, jolly green giant. Look, that's what it looked like, standing like this. Oh, 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 jolly green giant. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it it was like <clears throat> it was green, and it was so it was so strange the way the Lord showed me this. I saw its face, and I thought I can't tell anybody about this because they're going to think I'm exaggerating it because it had dark hair and I had a goatee that was dark, and my yeah, husband at the time. Guy had dark hair and a goatee. And so they would probably think that I was making this up because it's just I see them. You, people do that. Well, that's the way my mind was thinking afterwards when I, when I, after I saw this vision and was kind of horrified by it. And as it was standing there in this great strength and I saw its arms folded and it didn't have a shirt on, um, I didn't see completely. I saw here the arms, the chest. Then the next thing I saw were the feet. And the feet were webbed feet. I can't tell you how many toes. There wasn't like five. But they were webbed and um, like in between. And then the <laughs> it was like the Lord's camera went up the legs and I saw the legs up to the top, right above the knee. And it had ugly, like, growths. growths on it, like these growths all over. And there was, like, hair. And it was just ugly and creepy. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, that is the spirit of religion. And he said, you need to come against this. And I went, okay, so... At times I did then, and at different times when the Lord does speak to me, you know, I, I just follow his leading. Well, 
This is about maybe three, four, five years later. I don't remember how long later we started to hear of Dungeons and Dragons. What my husband just shared with you, that information, didn't come out till after after this that happened. So I, I heard of Dungeons and Dragons. I didn't know much about it except that I knew it was very evil and it was very dark. And it was demonic. And we're walking down the aisle. It was... Um, Toys R Us, I guess, or excuse me, Toys R Us was still back then? Okay. So Toys R Us, and we're walking down the middle aisle, and there's, you know, aisles this way, aisles that way. And I get to this one aisle, and it was just, I looked down, and it was dark. It was just dark, and it was filled with all this evil toys, like dark. And I went walking down, and Carrie said to me, she walked ahead of me, and she turned around, and she came back. Yeah, the Lord told me to go down. That's right. He said, "He said, I want you to go down there. And I just remember it was so dark. And I started to walk down there. And Carrie turns around and says, Mom, what are you doing? Like that. And I said, I ha- Carrie, I have to walk down here. And she goes, Mom, and we're looking for a gift for her in the girls' section to take to the party. And she said, no, Mom, don't go down there. Carrie had such an awareness. I have to say this. Our kids had such an awareness in their spirit of, of darkness, of demonic stuff. And um, and I said, no, Carrie, I have to go down here. And the Lord started to speak to me. He said, and as I walked down, and I'm just looking, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm walking down. And then the Lord said, stop. And I stopped. And he said, now look. So I turned, and everything inside me was like just like flipping, like looking at all this stuff. He said, now look. And I went and there's all these little figures like about this big and it's all dungeons and dragons. And I'm looking and I just finally looked and I, I wish I had a cell phone back then because I didn't, you know, I wasn't going to buy the thing, but the Lord spoke to me and it's exactly the same demonic spirit that the Lord showed me years before in prayer. And it was almost like I could hear the weeping of the Lord inside And he said, even my little ones are holding these figures that represents powers and principalities of the air and rulers of darkness. And he said, and my people don't even know they're ignorant to what's going on. And I just went, oh, dear Jesus. And Carrie was like with with me and says, Mom, can we get out of this aisle? And I said, oh, Carrie, look. And I showed her this. And, and she said, like, can we go now, Mom? She didn't even like being in there. And it, was also, and, it also had the title, Lord, whatever it was. And here was another thing, too. Be careful of this. I see a lot of kids playing with this. And I know what the Bible says about a unicorn and all. But in Dungeons and Dragons, there, they used, uh, a, there was a unicorn in there. And I am not in favor of purchasing. I will never, ever, ever purchase a unicorn for any of anybody because of, of the, what for. And for what it stands for. Um, in the demonic realm, okay? And so um, we even had that experience, too, with a a girl. We went to a house, and her dad just got baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were Baptist, and her mom and dad wanted us to come over. Her dad wanted what we had. He was like, you're so different. We go to the Baptist church, blah, 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 and it, it just went on. And he said, I want the baptism. I want what you guys have. And so we prayed for him to get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and he just began to speak in tongues and all that. We left the house. His daughter came in, and his daughter, all she said was this, comes in through the back door and just looks at him and says, what is so different about you? She said, there's something different about you, and I don't like it. And they were like, the mom and dad were like, they didn't even tell her anything. And so this is, this is a true story. And so we went over to go visit with them again, and they started telling us about their, the behavior of their daughter, how it's drastically changing. And every time they walk in that room, it's like it feels so evil in there. And 
cold. And cold, very cold. He was an air conditioner. He was an HVAC installer. He worked with heating and air conditioning. He he understood it. Okay, every room in the house. It was in winter. Every room in the house had heat. That room, for some reason, began to be ice cold. Didn't matter how much heat may have been blown in the room. It was ice cold. He couldn't figure it out. So anyway, so ch- listen, guys, demonic, there's been more of a release of demonic entities on the earth, okay, than there was back in the days that we're talking to you about. And this is what we're talking about. Because the church has been so complacent in our complacency, we're not on the edge spiritually, yeah. You know, we, we're, we're kind of like sleeping and snoozing and stuff and giving into things. And it's like, because the kids are just like whining and crying and begging and pleading. And we're not standing in our place of leadership in the homes to tell our kids. Absolutely not. Doesn't matter what they say. Absolutely not. And give them, show them what the Bible says. We did that with our kids. And, um, and we talked to him about spiritual things. We always, always did. And so, Terry, we, oh, hon. Oh. It's water, hon. I know, it's the, the tissue. Oh, it is? Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay, hon. And so, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I, I, um, what you sell, you we went over there and I, the Lord started speaking to me about some things. And I just said to Terry, um, Joy, her name was Joy. Remember Raymond? Joy and Joy Melinda. Joy was in her um, in her bedroom. And usually she came out and always gave us a big hug. Like she really loved us, you know, and all that. But she wouldn't even come out of her room. She stayed in there. And I just asked, Where, where's Joy at? And they said, she's in her room. And we were in the kitchen, and the bedroom is attached right to the kitchen. And I said, really? And I said, everything inside of me was like, there's something going on. And they didn't know what was going on with her, why her behavior was changing, why why she wasn't listening to them. She was so sarcastic. She was leaving. She would just walk out of the house, not tell them things, very, very rebellious and all this. And I said, can I go see her? And they said, um, if you want. So I knocked on the door. I said, Hey, Joy. I said, it's Pastor Carol. Can I come in? And she said, uh, uh, and she said, uh, and then she's, you know, she's moving around. She said, yes. So I went in the room when I went in, as I walked in the room, it was still, the temperature was okay. And as I got talking to her and I sat on the bed and started talking, and then I saw this unicorn on her, on her dresser, but I didn't say anything to her. Because it wasn't my place of authority in the house. And I just was talking to her and trying to get a feel and a read in the spirit. And so anyway, as I was in there, it got colder and colder and colder. Well, I was like shaking. I was so cold. And I knew it was so demonic. And I thought, man, demon, you're out of here, bud. You're not staying here. <laughs> you know, it's like if I got anything to do with it, you're out of here. And so I thought, we're going to use our influence here. And so I just gave her a hug, told her I loved her and all this stuff. And we wa- I walked out of the room. We sat down. And we're still talking to her parents. And it just got to a place where it's just like I started talking to them. I said, they, I said, do you want to know what's going on with your daughter? And they said, yes. And I said, and we took them to Acts 19 and read that to them. And we said there are so many objects that people are um, bringing into their homes and they're not spiritually in tune or aware or studying or uh, understand. They're not being taught about this. And I said to them, I told them about the unicorn and how it was used in Dungeons and Dragons and other games and and the history of that. Oh. It, it would draw the, it would draw the um, what was it rain virgins young girls the unicorn was a symbol of the, their virginity and it would draw them to this other lord who would take their virginity from them 
And that's why and there was a time a lot of these girls were getting pregnant at a very, very young age and all this stuff that was going on, the rebellion and everything. And so I said to them, I said, if I were you, we told them, we said, we would get rid of that unicorn, get it out of the house, and I would pray in other tongues and plead the blood of Jesus Christ, blah, 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 you know. And, um, and we left. We said, pray about it. And if you need us, we're coming. Okay. Well, the father, Terry, didn't take too long in praying about it. We left. <laughs> and he walked into his door and she just said, she said, what do you want? And he said, I just want to talk to you, sweetheart. He loved his daughter. He was so sweet to her. And she loved her father, but there was such a separation between them. And she sat, he sat down in the bed, and he said, sweetheart, I have to talk to you. And she went like this. Wait, Dad, it doesn't, it doesn't like you. And he said, what do you mean it doesn't like me? She goes, there it goes. She said, it doesn't like you. She said, my friend. And he said, what friend? He said, the hair on his arms were standing up like, she said, my friend, it stands, it, it's like this dark image and she sees it all the time and it would just go and it went right into the unicorn. And with that, he said, really? And he got up, he started speaking in other tongues. He said, well, sweetheart, this is no longer your friend. No, no, dad, you can't, you can't. And he said, no, I'm going to. And he, she, he said, she started screaming at him, said, you can't, you can't. And he said, sweetheart, this is demonic, and we're getting this out of the house. And he took that unicorn, and he walked outside, and he smashed it. And he began to pray in other tongues and pleaded the blood of Jesus and took authority over it. In the name of Jesus, it was not allowed. And from that time on, she was totally set free. She went back into school. It was, what, what? high school that's highland what's the other what was the other um no the one for micah's where raymond sterling high school she went into sterling high school and started started telling all her friends and her friends started getting rid of the unicorn and they started giving their lives to christ amen amen and that's why god was i guess getting a hold of us because we got you know what church it's for all we got to get rid of some stuff you know get let's get it let's get it out and while you're doing it, ask the Lord to just forgive you because you were ignorant of it, and he will. And start praying it on other tongues and take authority over demonic powers in your house. And you start thanking God for the presence and the anointing of the Holy yes. Ghost that Holy breaks. Amen. Breaks the yoke of demonic activity in the name of Jesus. And you start praising God and the peace <laughs> of God will fill that house. Amen. Amen. Can I just add one thing with just Paul? When Paul, Paul, like I said, he didn't have all these aprons and hankies attached to him so people can come up and just pick it off of him and things like that. Real quick, this is what I'm saying. For Jesus to come back for a glorious church and for when we're all praying and all can see and all hoping and all like, yes, yes, believe in God. For the power of God to be turned up and the anointing of God yeah. in such a way. Now, when people walk in, if they're in sin, listen, I see this. Homosexuals will walk into churches and be totally set free. Amen. Totally convicted and set free of their lifestyle. God loves them. Absolutely Amen. loves them. They're people. And they have a spirit. And God's going to heal people when they come in. Drugs, got, the power of God is going to go totally through their, their blood system and their immune system and totally deliver them. We saw it, church. We saw it. We experienced it. But it's up to us here as individuals to come into that place. And prayer absolutely is a foundation. But you know what? All they did was their hankies. They got close enough to him. If it touched him, he was, it wasn't church like church is. The structure of the church is limiting the Holy Ghost. Do you understand me? 
I mean, I know we have to come in and teach, and there's larger churches and whatever, but we have to be careful because they didn't sit. They sat differently. They were around the people and all of this. And if they walked past them or anything, I know what it was like to be pressed on in Africa when they said Jesus could hardly even walk like the woman with the issue of blood and the crowd. And they said, he said, who touched me? The throngs, because they were all pressing against him. And I showed you this. Pressing against him is like this. It's like, Jesus, they're reaching out. Like his bodyguards, his disciples are... Oh, sorry, hon. Trying to... I'm sorry. Trying to protect him, but they're pressing in to touch him. You know? So there's a pressing in. And church, that's the way we should be with him. Pressing into Jesus to pull from Jesus to pull out from his word. And here, you know, um, what was I saying in Africa? The handkerchiefs and all. Like, they were surrounding because there were extraordinary miracles in the Amplified. Extraordinary, beyond. And they wanted it, there's something about the anointing that was so tangible. So if they got up and they could touch or anything that touched them, the anointing was transferred. How did they know that anointing was transferred? Right. How do they know that anointing was transferred? How do they know? Something tangible. Come on, this is what I'm talking about. Let's not just talk about the anointing. Let's feel the anointing. Something happened to that piece of article that they had in their hand that they themselves could feel. The anointing is powerful. It is the Holy Ghost. The anointing is the Holy Ghost. So something, and this is what I'm saying, church, God doesn't want us to be like the pagans were, just knowledgeable about things and so on and very intellectual and the church being that frame of mind and ignorant to who God really is. The anointing is so completely tangible. That's why I pray. I pray this, guys. I pray this for people. I tell them, put your hand out. Put your hand out. And when I feel the presence and the anointing of God, a lot of times I do feel the presence and the anointing of God when I start talking about Holy Spirit. And I lay it on their hands, and I just say this. I said, Father, I pray, because it's on my hands for a reason. I pray for the release of the power and the tangible anointing of the Holy Ghost to flow in them, that, Lord, that you will use them to lay hands on the sick, to lay hands on people, to set them free for them, whatever whatever it's used for. Do you know the anointing is the Holy Spirit, and in the Holy Spirit is the very purpose and will of God? The anointing is carrying the very will and purpose of God for a reason? I don't talk about the anointing without feeling it. There's a lot of times I pray the prayer of faith. And I might not feel the anointing. But I'll ask them, do you feel anything? Now, some of this, uh, one of the girls, it's like, and one of the girls, and here's another thing, guys. I don't know if I told you this, and I'm going to stop. I promise. Um, One of the three girls, the three amigos at the forum, one was baptized in the Holy Spirit. The other two girls weren't. We found out afterwards the one where the the presence and power of God was going through her in such a way that she's sitting there. She was vibrating, not like, but she was vibrating in that chair. And it was, she was like, going like up and down. And then she would shake. She she was just shaking. I saw her legs start shaking and all this. I had my hands on her and all this. We found out afterwards that she, they found a tumor in her brain the week before. And she didn't tell us this. And we got to follow up to find out. We, I think we told, and did we mention this to you guys? And it deemed to be benign, but it was causing her to have seizures. 
And I didn't know why Sarah, her friend, was sitting there smiling like a, how do you say? Cheshire cat. Cheshire? Cheshire? Cheshire, a cat. You know, like, 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 like watching what God was doing with her. And the other one, I put my hands because I felt the anointing of God, and I just laid my hands. I said, can I? She just had her hands out like this and just receiving the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I just laid my hand just gently on her. And my hands were becoming very tingly and very numb. And I just said to her, do you feel anything? And she said, well, my hands are really numb. And I said, that's the anointing. I am all for people to feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Because to minister out of the anointing is so, so important. Amen? Amen. God loves you guys. He needs you. He absolutely needs every one of us. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? You stand, please. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. Let's thank him, shall we? Please, come here, honey. Thank you. Thank you for hijacking the service, so to speak. But, Lord, for ruling and reigning and guiding the, the course. Your word says that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and you direct it as you would a river. Lord, that we all need to receive, hear, and receive, and believe. That, Lord, as we leave this place today, that we're going to leave with a, not only to, to take it and apply it to our immediate situation, but to be able to help other Christians who could be suffering, having hellish acts occurring in their bodies or in their homes. That, Lord, we have information. And, Lord, by your spirit, you'll give us the wisdom and the guidance on how to help others have a clean environment in their home. And their homes and all of our homes will be houses of peace in the precious name of Jesus. Devil, we take authority over every, every demon that is trying to bring havoc into the homes of this congregation in any way, shape, or form. We bind your activity in the name of Jesus Christ, and we command you. We just speak the blood of Christ. We put a bloodline around the, the families, the marriages, Lord, and the property in the name of Jesus Christ by faith. We command any entity that is, that is there illegally or by ignorance, we command you to leave in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And, Father, as we do, and I pray that everyone here, that the fear of the Lord and the love of God would compel us to be doers and, and, and research, hallelujah, to search out our homes to make sure that they are clean and free of any kind of idol, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. You are free (laughs) to leave. Amen. God bless you.